0: You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Back to the SA Weekly Talk Show, your host here, Mike Callahan. Uh, Been a week or two since we've been live with some absolute craziness here trying to end the season and double down for those end of year profits. But um, just like any service business here, it is the time to dig in near the end of the season to go out and push, push, push for those last uh, end of the year sales. To drive those bottom line profits. But as we're looking at the end of the year right now, biggest question on most service businesses' minds are raising the prices going into the following year with no emotion and how do I ensure good data in my CRM, my customer relationship management uh, platform, to ensure the prices that I'm raising are being based on good data in the system with no emotion. So I'm going to suggest as we look at this, um, unless you're doing maybe like fertilization where you have a large increase of product material costs across the board, we are probably going to go out and suggest that you go out and raise your prices on your services on just the people hitting your um, dollar per hour revenue goal uh, below that number. So if we're trying to get 65 bucks per hour, anything below 65 or raising the price on anything above that, we're leaving. So uh, any comments or questions, drop them below in the live recorded feed. But we're going to dive into this here on Friday for the SSA Weekly Talk Show. So raising prices, are you looking at your client's profitability per service at least twice a year? I'm going to suggest that we be looking at this probably around mid-season, around July, right after the 4th of July. And right now, going into the end of the year, November, December, uh, we want to get those renewals out. Or if you're running forever without uh, renewals until the customer cancels, we still want to be looking at this because we want to be able to go out and raise the prices for next season start. So if you're doing it, are you doing it as a percentage across the board? I'm going to recommend, unless there's a wholesale price increase on your products that would affect everybody the same, uh, we want to probably go in and raise the prices on just the losers. So just like Jack Welch, the old CEO of uh, GE, he used to price out the bottom 10% and replace those least profitable clients. Well, what we're going to be doing here is really we're going to go in and price out our bottom 10% of the ones not hitting our revenue goals, because what we're going to find here is if we're raising the price across the board, what we're doing is really telling our most profitable clients to go out and look for a cheaper solution. And you're telling your least profitable clients that we're just going to bump you up a little bit. And we are uh, probably already undercharging as we know. So the idea is we want to uh, reward our profitable clients by not having to raise their prices and on just the losers, not hitting our hourly goal. We raise those up. So what we're going to do is dive into Service Autopilot and show you how this can actually be done. So the best way, in my opinion, to look at this is a very simple Google Sheet or Excel sheet. Um, And then I can show you, if you're using Service Autopilot, how all this can be automated at the touch of your fingertips in a report from the report center. So what we've got here is our demo sheet. And this demo sheet here is going to be being pulled from something in Service Autopilot that we call the Closeout Day screen. So our budgeted time here, uh, we would go in and plug in how many hours that was budgeted for that job for that day. So let's say we were running um, perfectly budgeted times so for that crew, and we had two guys budgeted for 10 hours. So it would be a total of 20 budgeted hours. We would stick that in there. And let's say we've started. They clocked in at the shop at 7 a.m., and they clocked out at 5 p.m. for very basic, easy math. So it's 10 hours. We had a half-hour lunch for two people set so two times a half hours, an hour. So we've got here in the bottom of the sheet is we've got our gross hours at 20 hours minus our hour for payroll. That's going to get us our work hours or our payroll liability. What we're paying out in payroll of 19 hours and we've given them 20 hours. So what happens here is they've come out and they are now one hour under budget. So obviously that's a, a great day. Um, so as you can see here in the sheet where it says, that we've got 105%. So the way we've designed this math and how we can report out of it in service autopilot, and I'll show you that in a minute, but it's going to be a little bit more easier or digestible if you've never seen this. And if you have seen this, this is a good reminder to start thinking about this. Um, but I can go to the guys and girls on the team and say, hey, uh, Dave, you gave 105% today. You kicked butt um, with a quality constraint. That quality constraint is probably just as important as the efficiency because we don't want to hustle, 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 and only do half the work because obviously that's going to cause cancellations and bad social reviews. So the idea is that we can post this number on the wall inside our shop crew. Number one, Dave got 105% with quality and Hey, you gave 105%, you kick butt today. Let's say we didn't give him 20 hours, but this was actually say 17 hours budgeted time and they came in at 19. So they're actually two hours over budget. So what happens here is now I can tell Dave or Joe, whoever that is on the crew, Hey, you gave 89% today. You didn't give a hundred. You didn't do your job with the quality constraints. Now we have an apples to apples comparison based on the employee, um, on that particular crew and the ability of the time they've clocked in and out of these jobs. So now we can go in and let's say we gave this crew 19 hours. It did it 19. That's a hundred percent. Now we created a, a very simple way to um, deliver this information with a quality constraint to these crews. Now what we can do is go to the right here and see per crew who's winning and who's losing. And then hopefully on a full uh, overview of the company on the far left, we have the total average for all the crews that were out that day and that week. So now we have a very simplistic way to look at it at the end of each day, at the beginning of the next day, for day in review of what crews hit their budget of time, what crews didn't. what you're going to find is you're going to have a few crews carrying your company on their back and you're going to have one or two crews that are literally bleeding you dry. But the ability to see this through an automated report or manually here um, is going to give you that ability to force you or somebody in the company to go in and fix the issues on the crews that aren't performing. Now, this may look like a lot of data entry. And if you know me or any of the videos I've seen uh, with me in it, I really, really love the idea of automating everything. But I will tell you at least when you start this process, highly recommend somebody physically goes in and does this process manually to feel the pain of it. Now, if you're a large organization, you have your admin or whoever's responsible for closing out your close out day screen, and that's going to ensure good data in good data out. We're going to talk about data in a little bit here um, why it, it's so important and different things you can see with this, but on a very high level here, we're able to track our KPIs for daily and weekly uh, accountability. Now, as we're going into raise prices, I'm gonna show you the manual version and I'll show you automated report that does this. Uh, but the idea is that through the uh, Service Auto Power Report Center, the little icon that looks like a toaster oven, uh, before the new report center, we physically pull this out, import it into an Excel sheet and write some formulas. So we've got two lawn mowing customers. We were charging $54.28 a cut. So that's our average price per cut. Now, if you're in a Southern market, maybe your prices changes for the bi-weekly versus the weekly this would actually be attributed into this, um, account. So you may be wondering, well, why would you average the two if they're the same? Well, we, we need to make sure we can t- track those anomalies there. Off the closeout day screen of the clock in and clock out, we have uh, $54 per man hour and $60 per man hour. So that's based on the actual crews and their mobile. So on average, you're making $57 and 30 cents per man hour. So if my revenue goal is $60 per man hour up here, I'm about $2.70 below what I want to average. Now, in addition, this was pulled out of a test account, but I've got my actual variance time over. The two things that are missing here is my labor cost effect and drive time cost effect. So really important, we're going to talk about data, Uh, not real sexy, but it is important that clocking in and out of these mobiles, if we have the right data behind there, we'll have our direct labor costs, our labor with labor burden. Labor burden is going to be that FICA unemployment, uh, workman's comp, holiday pay, a whole bunch of other things wrapped up in there. If it applies or not to your company, it would be figured in or not figured out. And then we would have your drive time cost effects. So you got labor with labor burden for on-site, labor with labor burden, drive time cost effects. So as a, a certified advisor of service autopilot, uh, a lot of times people come to us and say, hey, Mike, we're, we're really crushing our times on-site. Um, we're making good money, but our bottom line profit at the end of the year is not really what we thought it would be. But when we run a report like this and we see the drive time cost effect, what they're doing usually is they're not driving efficiency in their routing to cover that non billable drive time. So in this scenario, we're going to plug in say $60 per hour. That's our goal per man hour. And if we're making 5730, we are like I said, $2 and about 70 cents below. So what the sheet does automatically it kicks out Current mode price of $54.28, and to hit your $60 an hour on this job, you need to be charging $56.84. So that's a price increase of $2.56. So I'm recommending, whether it's the manual version or the automated version, I'm going to show you in a minute, we go through at least twice a year and run this report and do a non-emotional price increase. Now, you can see we have the lot size in here. There's additional reports that we'll be talking about later, um, not today, about how to actually go in and get your actual production rate per your company and your equipment uh, based on say from zero to five thousand, five thousand and one to ten thousand, ten thousand to twenty, twenty to thirty, thirty to forty, and forty beyond uh, representing acreages. So we can actually run those reports as well out of SA. Um, but let's just say I said, Hey, you know what? My goal is really only fifty five. We were producing fifty seven thirty. Now the price on this job does not change. So this gives you the ability to raise your prices non emotionally um, in the system. So I'm going to go over the automated report and then I'm going to show you how to get. Get this good data in here and then how to use some of the additional data i'm going to show you for job costing and how to go out and build a marketing plan for this upcoming year so what is planned and accounted for will happen but if we say hey we're going to go out and try to break two million dollars next year well unless we have an action plan and something we can measure probably not going to happen so i'm going to show you how to actually make that happen here Uh, what we're going to do here is pop the screen back open And once that loads, I'm going to pull up the non-manual version. So we've got our automated job costing reports. Um, This is an example of one that we built out in the Service Autopilot uh, Report Center based on Logi. And we've got the same idea here, but we've got all the clients and all the mowings we've done. What we've done is to check if there's missing data for clock in, clock out. It actually turns red to say, hey, you got an issue. So if it's red, you need to go back to your... Dispatch board and then your closeout day screen to get good data in so we get good data out. Uh, But on this example of these four cuttings, if our goal was $55 per man hour, we need to raise the price on average for this job $5.04. Or if you go to the one on the bottom here, we're hitting our hourly goal of uh, $55 and we don't need to raise our prices. So the idea is we can do this manually or automate it. So this is how we raise those prices inside Service AutoPi. And once again, I'm recommending, in my opinion at least, Um, We were running these reports in July, right after the fourth holiday, and then um, right around this time here, going November, December, over the following season. So I want to take a look at um, our version two of KPI and accountability that kind of ties into the first manual sheet that I showed you. So this all can be tracked inside the new report center. Uh, Same idea, we put in some green boxes here to make sure there's good data in uh, but what we're doing is we're checking, making sure the clock in clock time is good, the budget hours, and there is a price. So those are the four or three main variables that you're going to need, in my opinion, for good data for daily KPI, key performance indicators, and job costing. So clocked in time, budgeted hours, and a job amount. If you have an installment program, say $1,000 a month and include certain services, want to create a contract and then fold those services underneath it. And when you attach that contract to the individual services, the system doesn't bill out, but now you've got good data flowing in. So that's why we've made like on this sheet here, these red cells pop up, the data is missing, everything green if it's good. So you know, hey, I can run on this. So um, as we were talking about it here, Chad had been at 125%. So just like the manual version where if you gave 100% you're on budget, 125% would have been Chad's 25% under budget. So right there with a quality constraint. I'm I'm guessing Chad may be going a little too fast because that's a red flag, Um, but within 10 to 15% either way is probably a good uh, place here. Um, But we can tell if he's over 100 budget and have that 100%, less than 100 or over 100 with the quality constraint. So now we can run this report all inside our service autopilot and have it automatically emailed to the business manager owner on a daily or weekly basis so they can track this and provide the data to their team. So really, In addition to going out and tracking um, the profitability per man hour revenue for each one of those jobs and raising it up and giving your team short-term and long-term accountability for daily and weekly accountability for budget versus action with quality, the next thing we're talking about is good data for your marketing plan and the additional job costing that you need to look at inside your service business. So The first thing I'm going to look at to build a marketing plan systematically is so we wanna go under the gear icon here. Let's see if I can pull out this laser pointer. All right, um, right here under the gear icon, we're going to estimate reasons and we wanna go in and create estimate one and loss reasons. And then when we win and lose an estimate, we track those and we can start to have some data why we're winning and losing estimates. And these are the key foundational things as you're gonna see as we build out our marketing plan for next year. We also wanna go in and track our cancellation services. So once again, that's under the gear icon, cancellation reasons. So if someone cancels, um, they're too expensive, they want, they moved out of the area, whatever that is, we wanna build uh, these data points in here so we can run some of these very very simple automated reports, but they're extremely powerful built right into the system. So the next thing is why do estimate won and lost cancellations reason for 2021 and beyond success if we're going into 2022 to build this marketing plan? Well, we really need to know why people are hiring us. There's certain trends and potentially the trends, why they're not hiring us. And just like our buddy Wayne Gretzky says, he wants to be where the puck is going to be, not where it's at. Well, we can, just like Wayne, kind of see where market trends are going, insights to buying habits online versus offline through apps, automated uh, measuring tools, whatever that is, uh, we're going to get some insight and hopefully be the early adopter to out-adopt our competition. Now, action items for success with these cancellation reasons, uh, we need to put these in and build them out. And once again, we got to make sure that we have some um, rules set up. So when somebody cancels, you have to put that in. It's a little box that pops up when you close out the canceled client. Uh, worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is if someone cancels um, the service, not just one of many, but all the services, that we move them to a canceled client because you're going to have. Four different types of people in your CRM, your customer relationship management software, hopefully, especially in service autopilot. You're going to have a lead, a closed lead. Someone's gone too far and hasn't accepted the estimate. It's beyond the point of no return. They're still in the system. We can market to them and build out that plan. So you got a lead, canceled lead. you got a client and a canceled client. Now we have four different buckets we can market to and start to build a marketing plan around with these things here. So standardizing workflow is going to create predictable success for the end of 2021, but really going into 2022, we want to look at this. So uh, we can go in and look at these reports. And in this test account, we had data from 2020 all the way to 2015. And the prospects continue to grow. So these are the leads, 34 to 100, all the way up to 1,100 prospects. And then the next level is how many converted into clients. What is our conversion ratio? So what, based on 100 estimates, if I'm converting at 35%, 35 out of every hundred will become a client. And then we're looking at termination. So the biggest, um, red flag here in this test account is as I went from 2019 to 2020, this cancellation is termination drove way, way, way up. Um, like more than double almost. So we want to look at that and see in relation to what's going on. Cause what's really happening here in this test account is, and this is not fictitious data per se, like it, it would resemble something you would see in a business scaling quickly. that has started the wheels have started to wobble and the, and the quality control and systems aren't necessarily dialed in. Now we've made this data up for a point, but this is not too unrealistic. Uh, so working with hundreds of clients a year, this, we see this uh, day in and day out, unfortunately in some companies, but the idea is we could dial that in and say, well, what's going on? We've got so many leads as many leads and coming into clients in this funnel, but unfortunately just as many, if not more are dropping out the bottom, canceling. So what we're going to do is show you how to track some of that data. So those cancellation reasons, 17% of their cancellation was people that were unhappy. And the cancellation from year to year percentage started to grow from 38 all the way up to 74. So massive growth brought probably, fictitiously, quality control issues and standard operating procedure issues. So these are the things we want to be able to track not emotionally through the data in the system. Now, next thing is lead source tracking. How did you hear about it? So was it the truck? Was it a customer referral? Was it a Facebook ad? Was it a nine around? Things we want to look at is the number of leads per lead source, the number of leads that then convert into a client, and then our client acquisition cost, referred to as CAC, C-A-C. So that is a client acquisition cost. So if I spend $40,000 and I get X amount of clients, if I divide those out, it's going to tell me, say, on average, it costs me $90 $90 per client on my $40,000 ad spend for, say, Facebook. And then each lead source is going to have a client lifetime value. So your Facebook ad, let's just say, costs you $100 to get a client. They've got a lifetime value of, say, $13,000. Home Advisor maybe cost you $25 to get it, but it's only worth $250 lifetime value. So obviously, all lead sources are not created equally. And these are things that we really need to track before we go out to build a marketing plan for next year without emotion, So I'm going to show you here how we can work these numbers and percentages to systematically grow our business and have very predictable results. So there is a reason why uh, my lawn care and simple growth are literally have been doubling each year in size because we know the numbers based on client acquisition cost, client conversion, what's the percentage to convert to a client per marketing source, what's the lifetime value and what's the cancellation reason. So I'm going to show you that in in this example uh, a little bit later, how this company, if it had been a real company was losing a large percentage of their client base from literally people just moving out of their market. But this is something we see in a lot of industry or different uh, markets where they may be replacing 15 to 20% of their client base every year, even if their service is perfect because they're just leaving and moving out of the area. So Something very similar to my market here in upstate New York for a while uh, when Kodak and Xerox kind of shut down or basically laid everybody off, there was a mass exiting of white-collar workers. So we would lose a portion of our client base every year that we couldn't even control. So these are things we want to know and see trends of so we can at least plan for it and market to overcome it. Now, as we go in, how to access access these reports that I'm talking about so we go into the top here and we want to go into the reports report center and we go in this little guy that looks like a toaster oven and that's where these pre-canned reports are so you're seeing some analyses and reports here this is the new report center the old report center uh, if you're not building these ones custom yourself highly recommend them they're powerful they've been there forever and they just work um, very simple to use and they load extremely quickly but this is our sales source by summary so we've got our number of new leads Leads converted, our conversion ratio, and open leads. So we can go back historically and see year after year what's going on. Now, as we dial in, remember, we talked about lead source tracking. Really important because we want to know how many people came from each source, how much money we spent on the marketing, and then what the average cost acquired acquired for the client was, and eventually a lifetime value. But if we look at Google here, throughout the whole entire year, We had 562 leads, 191 of them became clients. That was a conversion ratio into about 34%. So 34% conversion ratio for all ads on Google. Now, if you went in and did something like a client referral, uh, those are are probably a little more qualified. So you're almost closing those at 50% because somebody who knows, likes and trusts you, that has a personal relationship with it, is actually giving you a personal referral. So that word of mouth is going to convert a lot easier. So when you hear a lot of business owners going, well, I don't really need the market. I look at word of mouth and that's how I'm growing my business. Well, eventually at some point that's going to start to slow down. We need to go have these numbers systematically in here, not emotionally to be able to go out and scale to hit that seven-figure business market well beyond. So next thing I want to look at is when we talked about job costing data in the employees um, clock in and clock out. So it was that direct labor cost in the indirect labor costs or drive time. Uh, in order to get that on the employee record here, we need to go in and edit it. And we want to go to the payroll job costing tab. So the hourly rate here is 16 time and a half, um, is not 1904. If you did the time and a half math, you're probably looking at, well, how does that work? Well, this is the biggest thing I see inside service autopilot for reporting. That is not have the right data. So what we need to do is go in and figure out our labor burden calculations. In this example, it's 19%. So for every dollar, it's 19 cents to cover liability insurance, workman's comp, state employment, workers' comp, FICA. So if we had a $16 an hour gentleman or lady, the 19.16% would equal an hourly rate with burden of 1904 and 2856. That's the number that goes in here. So now once we have that, all that job costing data that we had in the original is going to go in there and show your direct labor cost on site and your non billable drive time cost. So these are all the data points as we're looking to go into next year that I highly recommend spending a few hours making sure you got good data in there. And As I like to say, no data in, no data out. So a lot of times you get to the end of the year, we work with clients um, in the scenario and they come to the team like, we've got all the data we need, just show us how to make it work and raise our prices. Nine times out of 10, the stuff is not here. So we can't make those non-emotional decisions because we don't have the data to base it on. So really important, if you haven't done this, take the time to get these in here. And you should be updating this every year because these numbers are going to change. And obviously, their wages will probably change as well, especially with the labor market that we're in. So employee job costing data, as I uh, alluded to, they should be clocking in and out of the mobiles here with the start and stop time for drive time um, and the jobs. And that... Magically here, once you have that labor labor burden in there, labor cost effect, drive time cost effect. So we've got that ability as a different data point to see if maybe we're losing profit or uh, profitability in a very um, unsystematic way of routing our jobs or the Wendy's frosty effect on a hot day where that crew drives halfway across the town to get that Wendy's frosty on that 90 degree day, that drive time cost effect if they're clocked in start to show or those extra stops at the gas station. So uh, very very important that we tackle all of this um, in a systematic way but I urge you to go in dial into the data and take a look at it because if you're not emot- not emotionally looking at it we're gonna have we're gonna have some issues there so we want to go out unless it's a wholesale in my opinion increase in materials say for fertilizing we don't want to raise our prices by like three or five percent across the board. We want to raise the prices on just the jobs, not hitting our financial revenue goals, and leave the rest alone. So that's going to keep some um, consistent base that's profitable, and anything that's not as profitable, we raise up. So once again, we'll be back next Friday, um, SA Weekly Talk Show. Your host, Mike Callahan, answering your service business questions live and how to actually implement them inside service autopilot. We'll see you again 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. SA Weekly Talk Show, Mike Callahan with Simple Growth as a Certified Advisor. See you again next week. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.